Okay, let me get adjusted here, and I'm going to try to drive uh, the electronics in. It may actually be better to uh, set this up here if you guys can all still see, and I'll step out of the way if I need to, just to keep this thing alive. So, uh, thank you, Father. Well, we're in a wonderful season of Advent, and uh, a couple weeks ago, Nate spoke about Emmanuel, God with us, the Incarnation, and it was a wonderful message, and uh, probably gave us some new historical perspectives about things that were going on at the time. Um, last week, Paul spoke about Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, and their adventure. So this week, I want to talk about maybe some of the practicalities of Advent. What does it mean to you? And really, what you need to do, really with any message is ask, you know, if I'm up here, if I'm up here speaking, you need to be saying to yourself, so what? Not that you're disregarding the message or anything, but what you're doing, you're saying, so what? How does that apply to me? Because if you walk away from here without asking that question, then it's just been another Sunday morning, another message, and uh, we don't need that. We need to apply things to our heart. So, unto us, the Son is born. Our Savior has been given to us. Let's see if I know how to drive this thing from... It, it worked. Okay. So, we sang from Isaiah 9 this morning, a song Paul wrote. I'll go ahead and read it here. It says... Uh, Actually, I have, I have to read it, read it, because I'm so used to the Messiah, and we, we sang in high school, so I, I start singing it in my mind, that version of it. But it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So I want to start out with a, uh, just a definition of Advent. So I did a little research, thanks to Google, I think. And uh, so the definition of Advent at least their definition, says the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. I think Jesus was a notable person, and, and more than that. So the Latin, again, I'm not, not a scholar of uh, language or anything like that, but uh, again, thanks to modern-day technology, I found out that the Latin root was ad, which means to, and veneer, come. So you put that together, you have ad veneer, and I may not be saying it right, but take it for what it is, and then... Uh, Changing that to a noun, Adventus. So I expect God to show up daily in my life. That's the advent, the arrival of God into my life and whatever I'm doing. He is showing up. I've said for many years that I'm on an adventure with God, a daily adventure, which basically means God is showing up in the midst of what I'm doing. And I found it, honestly, I found it pretty amazing that uh, 
I also found out that the, uh, the root of adventure is the same as advent, as I was going through study. Now, the definition itself is, it says an unusual and exciting, okay, I, can, I, I get that, typically hazardous experience or activity. So, so think about that with God showing up. Unusual and exciting, absolutely. You think about any of the encounters in the Bible, you think about encounters you've had with the Lord, unusual and exciting, how about typically hazardous? You know, God can mess things up for you when he shows up, but it's always in a good way. When he arrives in the midst of your life and what you're doing, it can be hazardous for your current lifestyle. So we think about some of the people uh, throughout the Bible that were on an adventure with God. We look at Adam and Eve. They uh, walked daily with God. So they walked, you know, in the cool of the garden, you know, they, they listened, they talked with God. We look at uh, the Israelites. Day by day, it was a, a cloud by day and a fire by night. That fire could be kind of hazardous if uh, you're not doing the right thing. You think about Enoch, Moses, David. So on and on, these people were on an adventure with God. Their lives depended upon God showing up, God arriving into the midst of what they were going. So Jesus is coming. That's what when we think of Advent, at least from a biblical standpoint, if you say the word Advent, it's Jesus. Jesus is coming. So the first Advent or arrival was told about, predicted, prophesied for 4,000 years. And then he came. If you look at the Old Testament, the, uh, the fathers and those in the Old Testament, they looked forward to Jesus' arrival. And through that belief, belief that there was a Savior coming, they were saved through that belief. Now, the second advent, we get to look forward to. And we're a part of that. So we've been waiting, amongst others, for over 2,000 years for the second arrival of Jesus. So he's coming again soon. Revelation gives us a picture of that. It says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds. That's everybody's cue to look up. He's coming. And every eye will see him. So it's not just the believer, but he is coming. Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. So let's talk in practical terms here. Does anybody, you know, about Advent, you know, a little object lesson. Paul asked me, he said, you know, is this for somebody or is it uh, something for your message? I said, it's uh, something for my message. So does anybody recognize what this is? I have a hand here, lucky contestant. What is it? It is Amazon. You know, I think a lot of people are going to recognize this in this season. So, Amazon. I've seen Amazon a lot recently, so I think there's a few more to come. With Amazon, I go on, I see what I like, so I, I, I place my order. And what does Amazon do? They announce, you've placed your order. 
Then they make an announcement that, hey, you've got a package being prepared. Then they make another announcement saying, hey, guess what? Your package just shipped. Then I happen to have UPS signal me too, so I know what's coming. So UPS tells me, so not just Amazon, but now UPS is telling me, I've got an Amazon package coming. So I'm like really excited now. It's like, okay, I've got all these notifications, one after the other, here it comes, even the day. It's like, oh, another notification, you have a package coming. So I've waited and I've anticipated the arrival of this package coming that day. Does that sound a little bit like the arrival, the advent of Jesus? The waiting, the anticipation? So let's talk a little bit more about uh, how it applies to you. So advent demands a response. So we need to take it personal. That advent says, what are you waiting for? What are you looking for? So what would that response look like for some of you? If, you, if, you have a, if you're waiting for something, the arrival of something, what do you think would happen? How would you respond to that? What would your actions, your thoughts, your emotions, your words? Go ahead and just shout it out. Yeah? Is that when the, the event happens, the package, the person, whatever it is that shows up? Okay. Anybody else? Yeah? So you proclaim, you know, you know something's coming, so you're proclaiming ahead of time, it's coming. Anybody else? What would that look like for you? Anticipation, very good. Yeah. I put all my marbles in that event. So I'm carrying the next thing. Mm -hmm. Everything in that. Preparation, that's very good. Anticipation causes preparation. Yeah, I just don't know how to drive. I'm, I've already queued myself. So, um, so let's talk about. Well, you know, anticipation is one word I put down. Hope. With uh, the advent of Jesus, does that create hope? You know, it could be something as simple as, as a package. I hope the package is coming. Again, it's not Jesus. You know, it's completely different picture, different scale altogether. But boy, I hope that package arrives soon. There's an expectation. There's a waiting. Prayerfully, patiently waiting. I always say, you know, that I hope there's on the edge of the seat excitement waiting. You know, you're just bursting at the seams, waiting on that to show up. You know, maybe you're, you're you've got the you're always looking out the window. 
You know, when's that UPS truck going to show up? I know he's coming. <laughs> so let's talk about another example, typical example of Advent. So several weeks ago, I received a text announcing the advent of this little girl. So I said, wow, okay, okay, she's the one. Okay, so now, boy, did the excitement start stirring. This was eh, about seven weeks ago. So that was something else. So about a week later, whoop, look at that. I mean, that was a three, like a three-day-old picture of the first one, announcing that here she comes. So then a little bit later, I'm like, wow, okay, the excitement is mounting. I can hardly control myself. But I'm like, okay, you know, we still got some time. You know, this is only like three weeks into the, the eight-week deal. It's like, you know what, I just have to be patient trying to keep it secret from the kids, you know, all those things. You're like, oh, man. You know, I'm just bursting at the seams. So then I'm like, oh, no, it is a puppy. <laughs> wow. I'm so excited. Again, all along, the anticipation is growing. My mind is focused on it because I keep getting reminders. This gal was good, you know. Hey, send me another text. That's like, okay, it's been a week. She said she's going to send them every week. Where are they at? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay, I'm sure it's coming. Well, you know, and then, you know, this just, let's see if I can get this to, whoops. So this took the cake. It moves. It's alive. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Video. I've got video announcing her. Yeah, there there is sound. I'm not sure. Uh, what breed is she? She is a cavapoo, so King Charles Cavalier Spaniel crossed with a poodle. So hyper hyperallergenic, and uh, so then about a week ago, I'm like, oh my, oh sorry, beating on the microphone, but oh that was my heart beating. I am in, like in full excitement, full anticipation of her arrival. So she arrived yesterday. Yeah. So that's what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few more pictures, not on here. But uh, so the awaited arrival, the anticipation, the notification, this was only eight weeks in waiting. We look at Jesus. And he, first time, he was announced for about 4,000 years. Not eight weeks. I mean, 4,000 years. And these people kept at it. They kept on it. And then now, here we are. Again, we're, we're in the anticipation, the waiting of the second advent. So, you know, we're at the 2,000 plus years now. So, Jesus, you know, his awaited arrival, you know, there were, there were notifications, text messages, emails, robocalls saying, hey, Jesus is coming. Right? 
No. But what there was, it was over 300 prophecies given, announcing the arrival of Jesus. These aren't my own stats. I pulled this off the web from cbn.com. But look at that. It says the chance of one person just fulfilling just eight of those prophecies is one with a whole lot of zeros afterwards. Let's see here. I think I counted them. But 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 16, 17 zeros after that. So if this one guy fulfilled 48 prophecies, that's a one with 157 zeros after it. That's a whole lot of zeros. 300 plus, only Jesus. I'd say only Jesus at the top, just fulfilling eight prophecies. But look what he did. Look at the announcement that was given over 4,000 years about the arrival of our awaited Savior. So if we, you know, if, we, if we turn our minds and our hearts to things like this and say, wow, that's a fact, that should stir our faith. That's something you could, you know, somebody said, hey, you know, it's a great season because I can, I think it might have been Steve, I can share easier about Jesus with people. There's a fact that you can share. And they can go research it too. So whereas the Old Testament had prophecies, the New Testament has Jesus telling us, hey, guess what? I'm coming again. So let's talk you know, a little bit more about how that applies to you. So how does Advent apply to you? We were all in together, as I mentioned. We're waiting for the second coming of Jesus. But, um, you know, think about other things that you're waiting on in your lives right now. And, and uh, you know, I'll probably have you pray together about that at the end. But, uh, you, know, you know, it could be I'm waiting for a, a new baby be something as simple as ours, you know, we were waiting for a puppy, you know, again, puppy's in, insignificant as we look at Jesus, but I think in each of our hearts and our lives, um, as we go in, in through life, there are certain things that we're waiting on, and uh, it may seem to be the hugest thing at that time, again, in comparison to Jesus, is his advent, they're nothing, but they really, they impact our lives on a daily basis. So think about those things, you know, when you when you get frustrated, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, don't allow the frustration to make the heart sick. But look at it in light of wow, we waited a long time for Jesus to show up. And think about the gravity of who's showing up of what you're waiting for. When Jesus showed up, that was it. That was everything. So, from a practical standpoint, we need to stay on track in our waiting. And whether it's, boy, I really hope I'm waiting for a new job, or if it's on the grander scale, it's like, I'm really excited, or I'm waiting for the second coming of Jesus. You know, sometimes we get weary, weary in well-doing, in that wait 
So don't lose sight. But sometimes triggers are going to be helpful from a practical standpoint in that process that we would have these things. Basically, a trigger is something that's going to cause you to look forward to the arrival. So that trigger, maybe it's an emotion. Maybe it's something in your environment. That maybe it's something that your senses, you know, a familiar smell or a picture. Maybe it's a friend calling, some kind of notification. Just, you know, something happenstance. As you're driving down the road, you see something that's like, you know, that just stirs Jesus in my heart. You know what? He's coming again. Did you know that? So these triggers remind us to draw our focus back to Jesus. So sometimes the triggers just happen, and we respond. Like, oh, wow, that was wonderful. But other times, you know what? We need to trigger ourselves. The Bible talks about David stirring himself up. We need to trigger ourselves, and a good way to do that, you know, a simple way is just to open up the Word. Start reading about Jesus. And that'll start triggering thoughts, emotions, and uh, those things in your life so you remember, this is who I'm waiting for. This is why I'm waiting. This is what he did last time when he came. Boy, how much greater is it going to be the next time he comes? So another practical thing is what I called Advent anticipation. Advent anticipation is contagious. So if you think about that, you think about Anna and Simeon in the Bible, in their wait. You know, they were in the temple, in the courtyard daily. You know, when they when they go when they would go to the market, you know, they'd come and go. People would see them. Hey, Simeon, is it time yet? Anna, are you still praying? Do you think that impacted those around them? It's contagious. I think about Mary and Elizabeth. You know, Paul talked about them last week. Again, while theirs may have been a little bit tighter held, you know, not as seen by as many, can you imagine a couple of young girls with babies? They probably couldn't contain themselves, for one thing. I mean, they're just giddy with excitement. That's contagious because they're in expectation of a Savior. Think about the, uh, the wise men and the shepherds. These guys hanging out together and chatting it up. They're talking about, hey, Savior's coming. Hey, did you remember? Again, they spur one another on. They stir each other up with those thoughts and their words. We need to do that to each other too. It's like you know, you got your buddies, you got your friends. You know, just stir each other up, trigger each other. Hey, Jesus is coming. Don't forget it. I mean, just we can be as blatant as that. It's like, hey, don't forget about Jesus. He's coming. We need to live our lives like He's coming today. So he's coming again. The Bible says the Lord will return with a shout. In the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. And every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. 
he is coming. Isaiah 40, verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's all it took. He has spoken it, and it is happening. Jesus is our hope. We have the hope of his coming. Romans says, there shall come the root of Jesse, that would be Jesus, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, thank you, Lord, that we can abound in hope. So in this season, Advent, Christmas, we remember those who looked forward to Jesus' first coming. And we celebrate his birth, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. And then we abound in our hope of his second coming. Again, the two are tied together. Don't, don't separate the two. It's not just about his first his birth, first coming. But it is, we have a risen Savior, and he's coming again. So as an ongoing lifestyle, we need to just keep looking forward to the coming of Jesus, looking up for the resurrected Jesus. And we focus and center our lives on him. And you know what? The great thing is, his response in Revelation, so he says, Behold, I am coming soon. So Jesus is coming soon. Yes. So we have a promise that he is coming soon. So it's, uh, right here, clock says it's 11.45, So what I'd like you to do is, uh, I'll close in prayer, but I'd like you to just spin around with one or two people and two, two things. I want you to share about something that you've been waiting on the arrival of. You know, maybe it's something personal. It usually is. You know, if you're waiting for something, you know, it, it touches your heart, your mind, thought process. So, Find somebody you're comfortable with, share, share about that, and then pray to that effect that you would uh, not lose hope, that God would make a way for the arrival of that. And then second is pray for each other that we would not lose sight of the second coming of Jesus. It's critical that we don't lose sight, we don't lose hope, we don't lose faith, that he is coming. He promised us he's coming again. But we need to stir each other up in that so that we walk in faith, so that we can daily march and walk out our lives of faith. So let's do that. Um, let, me, let me pray, and then uh, as you uh, finish praying with each other, you're uh, free to go. You're free to hang around. Father, we thank you for the uh, advent of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for stirring our hearts in this season to 
look at him, that our faces would be turned heavenward. Lord, as we anticipate your second return, Father, touch our lives. Encourage us and stir us now. Father, help us as we uh, go forward in this uh, week before Christmas. Lord, give us triggers to show us you. Lord, that our, our eyes would turn to you, our gaze would be set upon you. Help our minds and our hearts to slow down. I know there's always many things vying for our time at this time of year. Help us to slow down, Lord, as we move into Christmas. Lord, that we're not so stressed, so uh, busy, that we don't recognize that we celebrate the birth. Thank you, Lord.